remain in that same spirit. Um, the beauty of the Lord is one of the aspects of the, uh, when he takes your breath, your, your breath away, the, the nature of his glory, his presence, the kavod. Why is it so remarkable that the Lord used to appear in visible manifest presence? Is it possible that he would do that again? Yes, it is. And he has, and he will continue to increase that by his Holy Spirit. And, of course, we've heard the message earlier from Les and others, because we're going to need it. Because we're going to need it. And the Lord anoints his people. See, it's a time of anointing. What is Hanukkah? We're talking about oil. Moving on from the cloud, it's about anointing. It's about oil. So here we are in order, moving forward, working continually on the things that are within us because we do have a hunger for more of God and we want to stay in step with the Spirit. But each one of us doing our job in the body of Messiah. You don't know what that job is? Cry out to God. Do you have a hunger to know that? Let's cry out to God for that because he's releasing grace in not only for you to discover that in our midst in service, but outwardly. Many of you want to go out. It's time to act. And some are acting on what God, I know many of you are acting on what God has put in your heart for years and it's growing to maturity. It's like a living thing. You are alive before God in spirit. You are growing. We may grow old in body, but we're growing in life in the spirit. We're coming to maturity and ever more effectiveness. Okay, so let's move on to, to the next item. We talked about the sons of oil. Now, where did that expression come from? When the prophets were read today, the two olive trees that stand before the Lord of the whole earth, which the old language uses, you see, are called the sons of oil in Hebrew. And see, we are to be as the sons of oil. Many of you have prophetic anointing and authority. There's authority in that. It's not the same as the authority of government. It's the authority in the spirit to conquer Satan and his servants, to help others to walk in the spirit, to help others to come into the kingdom of God. Ron, that's what I meant last week. Because on the spot, the Lord will put a word in your mouth and he will change the lives of the people that you're speaking to. He puts a word in your mouth. He puts a picture in your mind. He puts a word of knowledge about their life or about a word of wisdom about what they must do next. It changes the course of history, the sons of oil. Lest mention the parable of the wedding banquet, a very solemn thing. So hunger takes us further. When the Lord comes our way, it's important that we not allow the things of this world to separate us from what he's trying to, to uh, communicate to us, right? Because in the end, there was an individual the Lord called friend. Friend, how did you get in here? He talked about the garment. I want to talk about the friend. It's possible, you see, to fool yourself all the way up to the end. 
That's the opposite of the hunger of God. But we need to know that there's a challenge. That friend, that word hetaros in, in Greek means a guy that was a usurper. He was riding along with everybody. He didn't have it. He didn't have any wedding garments. What is God doing on the broad base in the whole earth? He's sending out his servants. He's preparing people everywhere. The bride must make herself ready by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the word of God. The sons of oil, the two witnesses, Torah and spirit. The last one, and I'll read from Hebrews 12, and I'll talk to you a little bit about the disciplines. So we know what God is calling us to do. He's speaking to us. And if he doesn't, if you're unaware, he will make you aware of what he wants you to do and the part he wants you to play. The body of Messiah, we know over the last two years, this word we can't get away from is called alignment. But it's more than that. It's being fitted properly into a place of function, both form and function. It's beauty from the outside, and it's effective function. That is what God is doing with his people. The bride is making herself ready. No, the bride cannot make herself ready unless we function. We all have to do our part, and yet there's broad-based vision throughout the whole earth. This is what I'm saying, and this is what I'm doing. And so we come to the point where we understand that we belong to the living God, that we're not going to accept the threats of the devil. We're not going to be ground down. We're not going to let a dark cloud come. Instead, the beauty of his presence has come upon us. And we're at the point where we're moving on. We're moving into a realm of God's glory that enables us to experience more joy, more freedom, and more function. And it was said in the song, what a beautiful song we sang, that we will not be shaken. In Hebrews 12, verse 25, this was the word of the Lord that uh, I carried when I went to South America. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Now, that's a pretty solemn thing, but spoken to Jews. This is Hebrews 12, 25. To the Hebrews, you, I appeared to you on, at the mountain on Mount Sinai, and I appeared to you in my glory, and when I spoke, it was a terrifying thing, and it is a terrifying thing. But God gives more grace in the day of the Spirit. But if we didn't, if we if we, if we failed to respond to him then when he spoke to us and he was visible, how much more responsible will we be when he speaks to us who has filled us with his own spirit? You see, so God is calling us. It's not a, it is a fearful thing, and yet it's not, we're not to be afraid of evil. We're to have the fear of God come upon us, and we do. And so there's two sides to this. There's the beauty of his glory and a hunger for more. Lord, you paid the price. I'll pay any price to have more of you. And then there's the fear of God. And see, if we understand the fear of God, it causes us to begin to have our hearts break for a lost and dying world 
to go out from our midst, to warn those who are going astray and to reach out to the lost. Nothing will cause you to have the proper outward focus but the fear of the Lord because the Lord will surely judge not only his people but those who refuse to listen to his voice. You see, as it says here, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And those things which are eternal, they are ours. And so those that can be shaken will be shaken, and we will all be shaken. But we have an unshakable kingdom in our midst. And going on with that, what are the disciplines that we hunger for as we develop? What is he talking about? You see, we are all disciples. It boils down to the basic things that God wants us all to keep in our remembrance all the time, that you are a disciple of the Messiah. I am a disciple of the Messiah. What does that mean? Total commitment and self-sacrifice. You see, Yeshua said these difficult words. If you love your life in this world, you see, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. You will find it. So the hunger of God causes us to go more and more pressing in to the kingdom of God. We have to press in to the kingdom of God as we hunger for more of our Yeshua. Sure, it costs us something. But the benefits, oh, the promises, Oh, the delight. Oh, the freedom. Oh, the joy. Oh, the delight of knowing the Lord and serving one another in love. Nothing is able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Messiah, Yeshua. It says at the end of Romans 8. That's the place where we're going. All of that in perfect peace. The, this is your inheritance. How do we get there? We have disciplines. We're going to give it. A couple of minutes. Everything that's born of the flesh is flesh. And Yeshua said in John 6, 63, the spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. One of the things that I want to caution you about that God's going to call us all to in this next season, wherever you're sowing to the flesh, folks, you are a human being. <laughs> you are in this world. You have feelings and emotions. You see things with your eyes and you hunger for things. You have appetites. These are the things that war against the spirit. In Galatians 5.17, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Oh, my goodness, those words ring so true. Because God allowed us to remain in that nature. Why? So we would choose life deliberately that we would choose the way of the Spirit deliberately, that the more delight we have in Him when He brings to things in our life, when we have trouble, when we have sorrow, we seek Him instead of breaking down under the weight of all of that. And we apply these disciplines. What are these disciplines? Thanksgiving, praise, prayer in all of its forms, and that includes everything from mourning, crying out, seeking God, quietness every day, reaching out to our God, inquiring. There's so many I could teach on each one of those, as I said that. But 
thanksgiving, praise, prayer in all of its forms. And finally, the less observed. The next one, which is most important, which I'll talk about briefly, is fasting, which I practiced all my life. And I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for fasting because God taught me about that when I was a young believer. And I came out of a very difficult situation with all kinds of problems. People want to wallow in their problems. There's an answer for you. God will help you. He will deliver you. He'll do exactly what he said. And he'll do way more than you could ever ask or think if only you'll give yourself to these things that God has asked of every disciple. What are the last two that I mentioned today? Waiting on the Lord, which is very important and could be seen as a, a part of prayer, of course. This is all about prayer, intimacy with God, waiting on the Lord. See, after you've done all, the Lord says you will stand and you wait. If that means one year, two years, five years, ten years, you're going nowhere. You've got one life to live. And if you're going to be where I'm going to go, if, they, if I don't go up to be with the Lord when he comes, then you know what? I can wait for the Lord. But that develops endurance, patience, long-suffering, powerful things that you don't hear talked about. These are the disciplines of the Lord. And finally, watching. Watching. Yeshua said, watch and pray. Oh, how hard it is to watch. What that means to, is to be uh, alert and aware and not to let down your guard while remaining in the peace of God. So we're to maintain this life of prayer and watching, this sense of alert. The guys in the garden weren't able to do it when Yeshua was sweating blood because they were yet <laughs> in their human way. And so we can empathize with them. Couldn't you guys watch with me for one hour? So watch. Remain alert. Fasting is a very important issue. I want to point that out for just about a 60 seconds. The great fasting chapter, Isaiah 58, is difficult to understand for many because it cites uh, the Pharisee types of believers at that time for fasting with inappropriate motives. But remember, one of the most important ways to see the Bible and to interpret it is to look at opposites. So wherever religious people like us are doing things that we shouldn't be, we should look at the exact opposite as being the truth of God's word. We don't fast for outward appearance. It, yet, in a society where religion is held up as the main thing that people do and those that are seen as important are religious people, we tend to fall into those terrible habits that our fathers did. When we see the Pharisees, they were the most educated, best, uh, the best equipped people of their day to model the things of God for his people. Why did Yeshua rebuke them for that reason? So we're not to fast as, as they did, to be seen of men. As Yeshua said in Matthew 6, we are to fast, to seek the Lord, to break the bars of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free. And there are many things in this life which you will never obtain. Never will they enter your mind, and you won't even know about them unless you apply the discipline 
of fasting. It doesn't have to be 40 days. One day, three days, as I did this week, it releases the power of the Holy Spirit on you. And above all, that which God has in mind for you, you will be in receipt of his word. It'll come to you from heaven. You'll know things you couldn't know in any other way. So let's learn the disciplines of the Lord as Tom and Rich and, and Johannes and Sam teach us. And let's grow in grace in all of these things. The Lord is going before us. We're a people equipped for his good pleasure. And he's pleased with us today. Amen. Wait, stay up there. Thank you, Lord. Let's just give a few more minutes. Let's just ask the Lord what he wants to do here.